0: Hello and welcome to episode three of this post-concussion syndrome awareness podcast. My name is David, and uh, following the the first two episodes, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, sports injuries today. Uh, well, I'll focus on on probably UK and uh, North America, uh, but I'm sure if there are, I mean, we've got plenty of the members and there'll be listeners around the world. Uh, if you have any comments or. or details of different types of injuries, uh, different sports and things, you know, then please just uh, let us know, Uh, get in touch, Uh, you can get in touch uh, through I think Spotify or Anchor, you can leave a voice message, Uh, if you go to Twitter look us up at Post Concussion and on Facebook look for the groups Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness Worldwide, six or seven groups there all together, the main groups probably the best way to get in touch or you can message me personally, David Bottomley on Facebook, and um, be really glad to hear from you. Uh, so, before we begin with that, uh, today's podcast might be a little bit shorter than some of the others uh, because I've got my lovely son Arlo here with me. He's only five and he's here on the school holidays. So, just while he's uh, tucking into his second breakfast of the morning, um <laughs> I'm going to just uh you know talk a little bit um and then uh, obviously we're, we're heading out for the day. So uh, the first thing uh I want to mention is um, a few people uh contacted me after listening to uh and reading the posts about the first couple of podcasts asking uh wh- which company we represent or uh, you know what business we're plugging or promoting or Or how much money we're making out of this and I said the same to all of them, Uh, nobody and nothing, (laughs) it's just me myself sat here recording this on my phone on my my digital recorder. Um, I've been doing this since 2009 as I mentioned in the first uh, podcast in the introduction to to what we do and um, every year since uh, I've Give my own time every day. I don't know. It's usually a few hours a day most days. Uh, not not every every single day, but you know, some days it's a lot longer. Uh, some days I will spend a whole day just going around things, updating things. We've got uh, six or seven Facebook pages and groups, as well as uh, Action for Hidden Disability and, and Hidden Illness, too. That's one that you probably don't know so much about. Uh, plus other healing groups and things which are more on the um, like photonic, uh, spiritual side of healing. So you, you may not all be familiar with those. But they're all aimed at the same ends really uh, as well as the twitter accounts the two twitter accounts uh, main one relating to post concussion syndrome and obviously i get queries through the my own personal one as well then we have got the blog uh, which for many years um, you know i, I uh, was a private address a dot com address um, I think WordPress were charging me you know, every year is about £30 a year or something or, or whatever it was, um, plus extra fees. Um, so now it's just on WordPress because I don't have that much money. I still don't have that much money, uh, so I can't kind of be paying for that as well. Um, yeah, and then just the general cost, internet time and everything. So I've never ever kind of once thought, oh yeah, I can make make some money out of this or I can sell something or whatever. And I know that many of our members are... Um in business for themselves, a lot of them are motivational, or they're in. They have their own health concerns. Are very highly qualified. They do a wonderful job, and a lot of them have been through P C S and come out the other side, and then changed and turned their lives around, uh, and and gone into business helping people uh, in means of health, brain health support, and and all kinds of things. So yeah, I mean, they do fantastic work and obviously they're looking, you know, a different aspect, a different angle, you know, they're looking at people that obviously can afford the services that can use them as well and that's wonderful, I've I've all admiration for them. But for myself, no, I not only have post-concussion syndrome, um, but I've had fibromyalgia all my life and that got... Markedly worse when I uh, became homeless. I uh, when I was homeless, I contracted pleurisy twice. Uh, and if you've ever had pleurisy in the middle of an English winter <laughs> with nowhere to live, you will know it's a, a pretty rough illness. You got you know you can't breathe. You you're just constantly coughing and you've got no energy and in pain. So yeah, um, that brought on fibromyalgia for me. On top of that, I get costochondritis, which sometimes kind of mimics heart problems or that heart attack. I had my legs cut to pieces by surgeons, (laughs) which I think I mentioned before. And uh, I also get like histamine intolerances and food intolerances. So it's just like every day is uh, like a juggling act. But, um, you know, it's actually teaching me. It's teaching me much more. And although I, I started to recover from PCS back in 2012... Uh, and, and I've got better and better since. I've still had setbacks, uh, and the setbacks have meant that I can't, since uh, I think maybe 2008 or, or whenever, or before that, I've not been able to work a full-time job. Um, so, you know, that that then presents you with different choices. You don't get to choose where to live. Uh, you have to rely on, on like housing benefit, other things like that. Um, at the moment... I can work one or two evenings a week. as uh, like 5 it makes it really difficult to uh, get going and work in the mornings. Although I have fun here when Arlo's here my son's here and uh, he, he wakes up at half four and like, Daddy, it's time to get up. It's breakfast time now. And I say, Arlo, it's not even light yet. So uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to educate him on the uh, the art of having a little lie-in in the morning. <laughs> but bless him, he's, he's, he's great fun. Um, So, yeah, I'm not making anything out of this, and I don't intend to, Um, you know, at the moment. It's not about that. Uh, I I really want to impress that strongly. And if if you ask Gina and Teresa and and the others, and uh, they'll all all just say, well, yeah, you know, we're not in it to make money either. And none of them have ever suggested that. We have an ethos in the groups that, you know, we don't allow advertising and sales supplements stuff like that because it's not fair on you uh, while you're recovering to be bombarded with people uh, trying to sell you you know whatever the motivation trying to sell you whatever they're selling so yeah we try and keep it as much as possible uh, a completely commercial charity sales free zone You know, so I hope that clears that up. Uh, But if if you've got any more questions, just contact me again because I'm always happy to answer questions. Right, so uh, on to another thing that's happening in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, We've got Laurie from Groups. Laurie lives out in the uh, I think the Midwest or North of USA, and in a couple of weeks she's going to be helping me uh, record an interview. Uh, which is going to be out on, on one or two of the podcasts. Uh, Laurie's one of those amazing people that I said has turned their life around and gone on to educate themselves and, and get qualifications and develop a business uh, in order to help others with um, their brain injuries and concussion and so on. So she'll be joining me, uh, um, I think, it, probably towards uh, the middle or the end of the month. And we'll let you have that as soon as that's, uh, that's out and more about her later. Uh, So it's Laurie Camper-Kearney, I hope I've I've said that right, i pronounced that right. I'm sure she'll tell me if I haven't. Um, So yeah, that's going to be probably in just over a couple of weeks, two two to three weeks. And also, um, I've had quite a few messages already. Uh, A couple from people in the UK. Uh, There's uh, a gentleman called Pete in London, who's just, uh, I think, been injured this year. And he's had a really rough time, bless him. He's, uh, he lives in, like me, not, not a very wealthy or middle-class part of the country. Um, and some people's names all change, obviously, uh, for, for, for their own anonymity. But yeah, he's, he's really struggled. He's, he's on his own with, with two uh, young children. And he, he had a concussion after an accident at work uh, earlier in the year. Uh, what he's finding is he, he, he just can't get any help um, and he says um, thank you for putting this out thank you for uh, creating the, the, the groups and uh, I, I found, he's saying that he found us via the blog which is um, post concussion syndrome UK uh, dot uh, wordpress.com uh, you can find it on WordPress as post concussion syndrome awareness um, and' he's he's yeah saying he'd pretty much given up until he found us so that's that's really nice to hear um so yeah just stay in hang in there pete and, and keep in touch with the main group keep in touch with the uh conversations and the threads and things and one thing uh to say to everybody is if you look in those groups there's usually i don't know if it, it should still be there but there's a search option so you can type in a term to search for and filter It filters through all the posts, all the years. So if you put in, say, um, CBD oil and hit search in the group, it should come up with like a chronological list of all the posts and discussions where CBD oil's been mentioned. And I think that's really a, a fantastic... Uh, tool uh, to have as well, um, otherwise you, we get like repeated conversations, people asking the same questions again and again and again, and then you might miss some of the information that's previously been given as well, so check that out as well. Uh, another message uh, to a lady uh, I'll, I'll call Lucy, uh, she lives up uh, near towards the border, England and Scotland, uh, again she's complain bitterly about the NHS and, and the National Health Service here and I can't really argue with a lot of what she says um, she says she's been lied to about um, that she'd get treated or that she'd get to see somebody and um, she's had to complain to her GP surgery and now they're treating her like uh, a leper basically um, so I've, I've sent her some information and sent her some details on how to go about um, kind of freeing yourself from the system. Um, You're not going to get a lot of help apart from medications. You might get a CT scan or an MRI scan. The only reason the NHS do that, and those are the only two scanners, by the way, they don't have any DTI or anything else. The only reason they do a, uh, a CAT scan, CT scan or an MRI scan is to rule out anything more serious. And that's to protect themselves as much as it is you but apart from that they can't really go any further uh, and so it's uh, it's a difficult one because unless you can pay maybe thousands of pounds to go private to find a private clinic that has a, a more uh, you know kind of detailed intensive scanner like a DTI or whatever then you're never going to get those answers and so uh, the problems as we said before with finding uh, the actual damage on on scanners with mild-traumatic brain injury is problematic. but It's particularly problematic in the UK. We've got, literally, it's like trying to um, <clears throat> read a map with a telescope, if you like, for want of a better, better analogy. So, yeah, um, Lucy, just keep in touch and, uh, you know, see how it goes. And obviously... You can do and find many things cheaply which can help your recovery, aid your recovery quickly without having to wait for months and years like I did uh, to hope that the NHS will suddenly one day just wake up and realise that people with maltraumatic brain injury and post-concussion syndrome are worthy of treatment. Um, that's not that's not a slight on the NHS, but there needs to be something in the public eye, there needs to be something very prominent that makes them take notice. Uh, and until we get that, because this country is entirely driven by our media now, they rule everything, they, you know, they kind of like crush freedom of speech on certain topics and things, and they keep everybody in order, everybody policing themselves. You know, it's like a real divide and conquer thing at the moment with the media, and, it, and it's, it's unfortunately getting worse. Um, so, yeah, nothing against the NHS, but Lucy, but they, they aren't going to be there always to help you. If you lived in a, an affluent area or a nice middle class area where, you know, there's a big middle class population, then you might find one or two GPs that are helpful and will arrange scans and neurologists and things. But if you live in the poorer areas or, or the inner cities and places like that, then you've literally got one chance in a thousand of getting treated properly uh, rather than just loaded with drugs and things. Okay, and we've had a couple more messages, one from Canada and one from uh, the West Coast, USA. Uh, uh, two, two more people that have just found us uh, through the podcast. I, I, don't, I think they saw it on Twitter. Um, both of them uh, just saying they, they love what I'm doing. So I know that's... I'm, <laughs> I'm not professional in doing this. I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, but uh, I, I'm going to do it anyway because uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Um and, yeah, they're just saying you keep it up and, uh, you know, let, let us have new episodes as and when they come out. So, yeah, I'll, I'll try and do maybe two or three a week. Uh, we'll see anyway, depending on uh, other things going on um, and then video casts later. Uh, and that's about it for now. So, yeah, keep, keep messages coming. Uh, keep in touch. Uh, any comments, you know, criticisms, anything you want, that's all right. I don't mind. Uh, I've got broad shoulders. I can take criticism as well. Uh, If it's something that you'd like to hear about or something that you'd like to be included, then just say so. Okay, so uh, the main issue I wanted to talk about today is sports, sports injury, particularly brain injury, um, because I think that the whole area covers you've got different types of injuries in sports. And I want to just mention the, the differences in attitude as well that we have between a general injury say breaking a leg or an arm or or you know somebody hurting the back or you know slipping a disc and then the difference, the perceived difference with uh, uh, maltraumatic brain injury or brain injury. So I'm going to go back to the spot I was brought up with watching, uh, I wasn't much of a player uh... since i was five years old i went to see my local team uh... play football so in football yeah, every every now and then you'll get uh... players injured uh... you know they might get a hamstring injury or tendons or if they're more unlucky they might um, uh, fracture or break a leg or they might have like a cruciate or knee injury that will keep them out possibly for months um... then they'll have the physio and they'll have a whole team there to help them heal and you know the people are asking after them. You know the, the there's a lot of attention and a lot of um, coverage given to that about injuries and uh, the longer term injuries can be particularly hard on on football players. Um, mm-hmm. the, there's a couple of players at my local club. I think one's been out now for nearly two years uh, through injury groin injury and uh, there's a big part um, that the mental health. And issues surrounding mental health have to play an in injury. And so, all that time a player is away from a club, yeah, they can maybe be isolated on what's going on. Um, so, it's really down to the club to keep them involved. Now, with the brain injuries and with uh, concussions, uh, it seems to be quite different because a player can get uh, a concussion during a game and they could be taken off or even. Um, Stretch it off, uh, but then within a week or two or three, uh, they're back in action, or sometimes even less. Um, and you might find that well, they may seem okay, or they may well be playing again. But quite often, you see that the performance can be affected, um, and they're not quite the same again. Um, you could find also that some may not seem any different. You know, some some just get straight on with it. And I'm sure there's a lot more uh, concussions and minor concussions and things that that, that go on in football that, that go totally unnoticed. Players bang heads, and you know they're down for a minute. They get back up. They put the magic sponge, you know, the cold sponge on the head, and and uh, or put a bandage on, and, and then they back up and they keep going again. I know the uh, the rules have changed to say a game has to be stopped when there's a clash of heads. Um, but a lot of them seem to just carry on through it. So there's a massive debate in the USA right now in Canada about school sports, contact sports, football and and everything really, whether the children should be playing them or not. So there's a massive divide there. It seems to be another yet another divide in society that that is is... I wouldn't say it's all driven by the media but there's, there's credit to both sides uh, both arguments so uh, but generally with contact sports at school there, there should be a lot more precautions taken and we hear so many stories in our caregivers and parents group about uh, parents whose children are still at school or college um, and uh, they're out of it, they've, they've literally been had a concussion through playing sports, and now they're just that the mood everything's changed about them, their entire um demeanor's changed. You know, they've got no energy, they don't mix, they, they can't like feel alienated. And you must think, well, the peer pressure is bad enough. For an adult who's had a brain injury, a maltraumatic brain injury, you can't imagine what it's like for a teenager to have that peer pressure as well from your friends and not wanting to really kind of join in with what you did before and not feeling motivated, feeling emotional ability, feeling kind of turned off of doing things and then having the also pressure of your family, your parents, your your siblings uh, and others not understanding what's wrong with you. Uh, now I, I know a lot of the, the mums and dads in the caregivers and parents group I, What from what they post and what I read they're ab- doing an absolutely amazing job uh, and, and trying to understand what their children are going through but I, I can imagine that there's a fair number more uh, of kids that have had a, a concussion at school and, or in sports and they must be really struggling. The statistics always show us uh, down the years they haven't changed much but they still say that it's younger men usually of lower social standing that have the predominance the most concussions and brain injuries. Now I know most if you look through the Facebook groups the majority of members or a larger majority of members are female but what you probably think and understand about the actual statistics is that when it says uh Males, often of different race, of lower social standing, from poor homes, poor areas, the less, far less likely to come onto social media and to want to or to be able to express themselves in, in a group which is very mixed um, and they may not even want to do that. And the majority of them may not even know they're suffering with post-concussion syndrome. And that's a subject for another episode where we look at uh, The use of drugs and and alcohol and things, which is very, very common uh, for people to self-medicate with post-concussion syndrome. Uh, That's something that happens quite a lot. Um, So back to sports. With sports, yeah, we we get the news here from America and I'd seen the news in, in years gone by about CTE and the NFL players um, and and that w- was tragic to me. I, I mean, the fact that they were donating their brains to science to study was, was was a heartbreaking story. Um, I I shed a few tears when I, I first heard about about that. It's it's really really sad, but the the courage to, to do that was just uh, beyond words. And uh, in terms of the NFL, um, I certainly know from Facebook, uh, Doctor John DeWitt. Uh, John DeWitt who was an NFL player um, and he is now helping people from the other side of the uh, scale. He's, he's he'd taken his uh, doctorate degree and everything and he, he's helping people in, uh, you know, kind of amazing ways and, and writing inspirational things, giving a lot of inspiration to, to brain injury survivors. And I can't imagine how some of those... NFL players uh, are still coping in that environment because not a lot will have changed, really. Um, In this country as well, just a a couple of weeks ago, um, we had a a young boxer who died after a fight, following a fight. Uh, He was only 26 years old, I believe. Um, And he he passed away uh, as a result of a fight. Um, it was very, very sad to hear about that. And, you know, boxing again is another sport where repeated blows can, you know, lead you to real, real difficulty, if not occasional, you know, fatal brain damage or even death. Uh, there was a wonderful film recently uh, starring Paddy Considine, and I can't even remember the name of it now, but I think it was... Um, a legend or something um it was it was about a boxer that had uh late in his career a fight that was like to defend his title to defend his championship uh, and he ended up coming away from the fight going home and then collapsing uh, as he had an aneurysm i think uh, so he'd had had brain surgery following that and tried to re- rehabilitate and uh, it's a really stark, uh, detailed looking, you know, dramatic look at that side of things, how people cope afterwards, it's, it's quite a not one for family viewing, um, but if you look up, uh, I can't remember the name of the film now, but it's, it's, it's Paddy Considine, it's a British film, and it, it really, really kind of hits home the point that, well, yeah, these are professional sports people. And they are just making a living, but the consequences of that can be really, really uh, tragic. And so when something like that does happen, it's a point where you can try and raise awareness, try and fight for the fact that we should be protecting sports people more. Um, Although you can't ban all sports where there's contact. I think that would be kind of detrimental to to everybody concerned, but we could certainly do a lot to make things safer. And yes, I just remembered the name of the film, Paddy Considine, of course, it's The Journeyman, not Legend, Uh, so yeah, if you want to check that out. Um, Also on the subject of sports, we've had uh, a few members uh, who have suggested as well that um, contact sports be banned, particularly in the USA, where in, in schools or generally in schools up to certain year, certain year age, obviously that might not affect college football afterwards or giving uh, children or young people, young adults, teenagers, the chance to choose once they get past a certain age. Um, different ages i think have been bandied about but 18 seems to be the the kind of in between you know the the one that that would fit easiest with most people Uh, and then after that giving them the option uh, to take the responsibility for their own uh, well-being so to speak so i don't know what you think about that obviously if you are listening in the states and you've got kids in, in college and school yourself Uh, Do you want to see a complete ban on contact sports up up to age 18 or do you just want there to be uh, an adjustment? Let me know what you think. The different sports, well through the groups we've had many many different people come and uh, talk about their, basically their accidents. We've had people horse riding where they've been booked or thrown from a horse. We've had people in all kinds of uh, competitions. We've had somebody um, that was actually caused an injury um, with an arrow, arrow to the chest. It, it actually jolted them, um, and despite having, you know, bes- besides the fact that they were wearing a padded vest or a Kevlar vest or whatever you want to call it, the impact and the the kind of lashing of the neck, and and they ended up. Uh, you know, banging ahead head and, and getting concussed as well. So I think as we know anyway, uh, and that I've seen over the last 10 years, your concussions, your mild traumatic brain injuries can come in any part, any walk of life with so many accidents at work uh, where, you know, employees have, have been going about their daily work where something's fallen on them like a shelf or somebody's, you know, dropped a tyre tyres hit them on their head at, at all kinds of things, you, you name it. Um, and the, the employers aren't always really very uh, open-minded and usually not willing to admit any kind of fault or liability, from what I've heard. So those poor people end up going on the sick, looking for welfare, and then trying to get their insurance. Or as I believe in the United States, if your insurance runs out after a certain time, then it won't pay for anything else. And then you, you, you're not only, to add insult to injury, literally, pardon the pun, uh, but then you, you're you left trying to prove that you're ill. Um, and that's, as we said before in a, the first episode, that's where the legal profession comes in. And we've, we've had them, um, you know, kind of trying to infiltrate into groups and, and hounding people. Um, so it, it's, it's pretty horrific. Um, but you can imagine for anybody, let alone the sportsman or sportswoman, you you're there trying to uh, fulfil your contract of employment and, and you know, do your work to the best of your ability and you get injured, whether it's in sports, a professional sports person, or you know, if you're doing it for fun, for the pure joy of sport, or whether you're working your job. So yeah, there's something that needs to be discussed in, in you know, in future going forwards is uh, how, how this can be tackled, how this can be dealt with. Um, there's no standard baseline test or blood test or anything that's actually fully developed at the moment that's commercially available to people where you can have a test and it can show up as a maltraumatic brain injury. Uh, even people who have had traumatic, the more moderate or severe traumatic brain injuries, have uh, can get accused of faking and, and uh, malingering and things, and in fact, yeah, you, you still hear this from doctors in the UK uh, that you know it's it's made up, it's malingering, the person's looking for attention, um, and that that kind of attitude, yeah, just infuriates <laughs> infuriates you beyond belief, you know, to to add the insult to injury. Uh, as I did when you know I lost everything lost my job, forced out of my job, lost my home and then even still I, I had this was 10 12 years ago still then been kind of insinuated by doctors and people who were thought were friends but really were just mindless you know speaking mindless rubbish really saying oh you know you know aren't you just putting it on. Aren't you just pretending? I'm like, well, what, what would I have to pretend for now? Seriously, if I wanted to be uh, delusional or, you know, kind of, if it was some kind of sociopath or narcissist pretending to be you're looking for sympathy, uh, I think I could do bet- a lot better than pretending to be mildly brain injured. So, yeah, you've got to keep a sense of humour. I think you've got to keep a sense of humour in the face of kind of, pure just ignorance and denial sometimes uh, and just laugh it off and and just leave that person behind you they're not going to be a part of your future if people are treating you that way they're not going to be a part of your healing and they're not going to be any use to you really you know Uh, don't be looking to please them by trying to explain yourself just move along so yeah sports leaders into daily life and some are the problems that sports people face are, are very, very different from your average person, your average job. They usually will have access to much better quality health care, private healthcare, private clinics. And, you know, depending on what team they play for, uh, the the best clinics in the country or, or the world. Uh, you know, I've heard tales of, of footballers and uh, other athletes who've had injuries, had injuries, concussions, like going, you know, flying abroad to get treatment. Um, you know, to wherever the club will pay for. As we know, sport these days, particularly football and football-type sports, contact sports, boxing, they're multi-multi-million, billion-pound, billion-dollar franchises and things. So, you know, it's a world apart from those of us who are kind of down on ground level every day, you know, Sarah or Joe in the street. And um, I think... There's not really a filtering down yet of the, the types of treatments and things that are available to the very wealthiest, to the very richest, because in their eyes, their sport has to, the show must go on, and things must continue as normal. So, I guess if if, if you were to have some kind of role reversal, like in the uh, the the book, the Prince and the Pauper, if you had a role reversal, I uh, you know, any one of us, ordinary people. Could take the treatment and the kind of everything that goes with being a top sports star. We we probably have recovered really quickly, and I mean like within days or weeks or you know no time. Um, and those poor people that taken our places would be you know kind of in a real mess. So, whilst it's easy to kind of compare that way, nothing's ever black and white. Um, This also brings on the questions of equality and society, I guess, is a a big issue at the moment all over the world, not just in Western countries, in the East as well. There's protests everywhere, Hong Kong, Spain, South America, people uh, being a bit fed up and mainly that the the causes for concern are are very similar. Uh, The cost of living, education, Transport, but mainly healthcare. Healthcare is one of the biggest ones uh, where people really, really had enough. Uh, in the UK, here we are, we're meant to have, we've had for 80, 90 years, or however long it is, we've had the National Health Service, which was started as a public body, um, state run, but now it's um, actually 90% or more private. So, under the surface, on the surface, you've got the hospitals, the doctors, nurses. Everything underneath it, the management, the investment sectors, everything is privatised. And though there's been this big campaign to try and save it. Although it has been something of a red herring in many ways because all the privatisation has been going on for years and uh, sometimes the governments kind of use that to hide hide other things they've been doing. I think, uh, naughty, naughty as they are. Um, so the costs of healthcare, if you think, like I said before, we, we paid all of our lives in taxes into this, this national insurance, they called it, it, it was like an insurance policy, so we'd pay an insurance policy for our healthcare, and in case we were sick and have to work, but all that money's been blown on you know, well, various wars and things, and wasted away by you know, public servants who don't really have to worry because it's not their money. It's the people's money, in, in effect, without getting too political. But now we see all these shortages in the uh, health system here where people are having to wait months and years for what they used to have to wait weeks for. Um, I think it's got to the point where even the people that work in the system are so stressed and tired of it and they know how badly mismanaged it is uh so you think what 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 actual you know what actual chance do the the patients stand and so like we said before we can't blame the doctors and the nurses and the, the specialists and surgeons they're doing the best they can with with what tools they have and what knowledge they have but above that there's always there's always a political means there's always the money that runs and lobbies government the pharmaceutical companies and that's massive, it's absolutely huge here, probably not as big as it is in Washington, but it's absolutely huge. So hence why, in 2012, I found my own way, and I think a lot of people did around about the same time, and have done since as well, and you can always tell them, the ones in the groups that, that, that have are recovering, that have recovered as well, the positive ones. That, Often you don't hear from them for ages because they're getting on with their lives. It's the nature of of what we do over the years is people come and go. Some people are there constant because they know that even once they've got a bit better or once they've recovered that they they need to take up the cause, like take up the mantle to, to try and help other people as well. So it's always there as an opportunity. You can either take it or you can pass it up. So... There's always a chance for somebody that's been that's had a brain injury, that's had a concussion and post concussion syndrome. There's always a chance for them to turn to some type of healing of self, uh, whether it be in a practical way as a, a health coach or um, to do with fitness, brain fitness and health, or if it's uh, to actually like some people have gone on to study medicine and even neuroscience, and, and get into that business themselves. So they may be more respected in some ways, They're definitely those people going to be more respected by the people that they serve and other people that have post-concussion syndrome. because they'll be one of the very, very, very tiny number of doctors or health coaches that have actually been through the illness, that actually have an empathy and understanding. So anyway, we'll leave most of that for another day. But for now, thanks again for listening. You can find us on Facebook. That's Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness Worldwide. Uh, The main groups are easy to find. You can contact me on Facebook, David Bottomley, and on Twitter, at Post Concussion, and then our blog, which also has all the links and much, much more information personal stories, history, articles, all kinds of things, and then lists of remedies and things you can try. That is post concussion syndrome awareness uk.wordpress.com. Okay, thanks again for listening, and I'm sure I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. This is a very important. Disclaimer. In fact, it's not even a disclaimer. These are things that most sentient, intelligent, reasonable people actually know. And what am I talking about? In fact, in well, with the podcasts that we're making, you have to be responsible. Myself, My guests and my podcasts are not here to give you medical advice. We are not paid professionals. So, as society and the woke community dictates, we're here to say to you, any information which we put out in the podcast, anything we give to you, is not construed or considered in any legal way or fashion whatsoever as medical advice. Any reasonable person knows that. But you're always going to get one or two or maybe a few hundred people that really are just as dumb as A, B, C, X, Y, Z. So, please do not take anything we say as medical advice or any other way. Please do your own research, your own um, just due diligence into whatever we say. And if you need, if you feel you need, if you really, because you could really trust yourself, feel you need the help, trust yourself to get in touch with your local practitioner, general practitioner, doctor, specialist, or whomever, or your psychiatrist, or whoever you're dealing with through post concussion syndrome or any other health condition. And if I need to spell this out anymore, just be really considerate and kind to yourself. And don't Please don't accept what we're saying as any kind of medical or legal or personal advice. I don't know how many other ways to say it, but I'm sure those of you who are intelligent enough will realise that, yeah, we don't give that kind of advice. And if you did want that kind of advice, you'd probably pay somebody that was really good at it to give give it to you in the first place. So don't worry about that. I just enjoy the podcast And uh, this summit is 24 of them now, at least. And and just just really, really uh, have a a wonderful time. And please get in touch if you need to. But don't worry about um, thinking that, you know, anything else. Just, Just really, really enjoy what we're doing. And so much love and respect to you all. Thank you.